east side to the west. This is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we talk smoking hot guardians, the close of the NBA playoffs, the start of the USFL playoffs, damn it, and <laughs> summer TV. I am not joined tonight by birthday boy Chuck Rambaldo. Chuck is somewhere in the Outer Banks celebrating turning 45 today. Happy birthday, Chuck. I am joined by Mr. Consistency, the Cal Ripken of the show, co-host Phil Denko. Phil, welcome to a From the Land first ever Gerber Denko date night pod. Oh, man, I'm all in on the Gerber Danko date night. I'm swiping right. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Ask your kids. I think 20 it's years to do old. on one of these dates. Yeah, right. Well, thanks for having me anyway. All right, man. Well, let's dive right into it. We'll stay at home in the land. We'll start with our Guardians week cap, recapping the week for the Cleveland Guardians. Good, great, grand, wonderful, way better than expected the guards just capped their most impressive week of the season a sweep of a not good but not terrible rockies team and wins in two of three against the first place dodgers guards finished the week at 34 and 28 only one game back of the twins for the lead in the central division but phil it's not all good news miles straw batted 0.042 last week He's hitting 130 over the last 15 days. He's hitting 156 over the last 30 days. So as bad as he has been, it appears he's getting worse. So scale of one to five, one being the moment you drop your cell while standing at a urinal, five being a lazy <laughs> Sunday afternoon nap. How panicked are you about Miles Straw right now? I don't know if it's all the way to a one. Cause that, that is like, <laughs> my life is over. How can I move on? I just dropped my phone in the urinal time to get a new phone, no matter what, <laughs> even though you could probably pick it right out of the thing. I'm going to give it a two though, because this guy, he looks of late. He looks like the exact opposite of what you need out of that, out of that leadoff spot, right? Like he, he's getting on base via the walk on occasion, but he's not putting the bat on the ball. He's not hitting in, in, you know, timely hits. It's not coming. He he is hitting right now. Like he should be batting ninth for the guardians instead of first. And you'd hate to see that flip. I don't think Tito is going to make that move because enough of the lineup is pulling up the slack, picking up the slack for him. And, uh, and he's doing all right. And maybe he can work himself out of it, but he has not looked like that leadoff hitter that we thought we had coming into this season. And we looked, he looked at early in the season, but yeah, like you said, you, you know, he's, he's been doing that poorly in the last 15 games. I bet if we went out even further, he hasn't hit over 200 in probably the last couple months. Right. Well, that doesn't leave much of the season to start with since it started in I April. I think he had a really good first series. <laughs> <laughs> April. He was pretty consistent last year. He was yeah. good at the beginning of the season. Guys are going to go through slumps, and even these younger guys are going to have longer slumps maybe. It's one of the things I think you see with a guy like Jose Ramirez – aside from the fact that he's just great, is that when he goes into a slump, it lasts like four or five games. And then he can figure yeah. his way out of it, and he's right back to doing what he always does. And you think maybe some of these younger guys, I think maybe we saw it with Quan, where yeah. he was red hot, and then he was really bad. And then he pulled himself out of it after you know two or three weeks. Straw, though, it, this just keeps going 
and going and getting worse. And like, you don't know what it's doing for the guy's confidence. And do you, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's a seasoned vet, right? I mean, he's a young player still. So maybe it wouldn't be if it's framed in the right way. And Tito knows what he's doing. Like to put him at the back end of the lineup. So you're advocating moving hedges into the one spot and then having straw (laughs) at the end of the lineup. Him or him or Mally. (laughs) No, no. Mally's the only guy on the team hitting worse than straw. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you look up and down this lineup, maybe that leadoff guy, you know, it could be a Jimenez or even a Quan for a little bit. I don't, I don't know what it would do to straw's psyche. And I know that plays a big role in this. Like it's not a demotion. We're going to get you back in the lineup. So there isn't that pressure on you Yeah, and, and kind of work through this stuff because you can't take him out of, he, he's such a stud and, and, all the all the props to him for still doing that. He's such a stud in center field. Like defensively, yeah, he's not making mistakes. He's he's making great plays out there still. So you don't want to get him out of the lineup. I guess the way they're playing right now, you can ride it out for a little bit. But we've got, and I'm sure you'll get to it. We've got like eight games against the Twins over the course of the next ten days or whatever yeah. the hell it is. If we're not getting production out of the top of the lineup, we're in trouble. Uh, especially if we start to get into those ruts where the guardians are scoring two and three runs, we've been right. lucky of late, but I don't know. I, I, I worry about them. So yeah, I'm squarely at a two because I'm worried as a, as an X, 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 X leadoff hitter. I feel like <laughs> and center needs, fielder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. He needs to be uh, getting on base and, and that's fine. Maybe he does get on base and just start working pitching counts and, and all right, make a difference in the game somehow and work through this batting slump. You know, he's a really likable dude. Um, and a yeah. guy that I think is probably a good clubhouse guy and the defense is really important. I don't know that his defense is so good that if he hits 0.27 for a week, we can have him, we can have him out there every game. Eventually that breaks, right? You just can't yeah. Yeah. keep doing that day in and day out. So I'm a two as well. I'm pretty panicked about it, but hopefully he gets it figured out. But for such a good week, we can't spend our time talking about one of the things that was bad in it. So let's talk hats for bats, our look at the hot hitters for the guards this week. Start where we probably should every week. J-Ram hit 471, had three RBIs, eight hits, and he missed the last two games of the weekend with a bruised thumb. Ahmed Rosario turned in another good week. He hit 308. He had eight hits. He scored seven runs this week, uh, and he hit one of only two home runs the team's hit the entire week, Andres Jimenez hit 294. He had five hits, two walks, and 19 at-bats. He had that RBI single in the ninth to drive in the winning run against the Dodgers. So, Phil, J-Ram, Bigger Beard Rosario, Andres Jimenez, who's getting your hat this week? This was a good week for hats for bats because they, the, the offense came to play every day, even if it didn't start hitting till late in the game, and they did it without the long ball to win all those games and not have to rely on the long ball to, to get you there was, was key. I'm going to give my hat this week to Rosario. Cause I've been down on him a bit this year. Burke is the only one that was really pumping up bigger beard in the, in, yeah. in his one visit to the pod all season, <laughs> <laughs> but I, he was right, man. Like the guy is hitting the ball. Well, you know, maybe I wasn't paying as much attention when he was still kind of slumping and maybe he was hitting the ball hard just at people because now he's getting hit. I don't expect a lot of home run power out of, uh, uh, Rosario, but he, you know, he's, he's putting the bat on the ball a ton and just putting it in play. And he, he was clutch. Like we needed those hits. It was all about grouping extra base hits and timely singles together this last week. And he was right in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm going to give him mine as well. Uh, mostly because of the scoring seven runs. 
That's yeah. a really important stat that maybe you don't look at that much, but that just means that he was on base and available for guys to drive him in. And especially if you're not hitting any home runs, you need guys on base because you got to find other ways to get them in. The other home run, by the way, was Oscar Gonzalez, who paired that with 10 strikeouts this week. Yeah, so <laughs> he, he hit his first major league home run, but struck out 10 times. So I don't know. The OG might be coming back down to earth. <laughs> Ahmed Rosario gets my hat as well. I hope he keeps it up. This is two weeks in a row. I think he's been on this list with us. So he's mm -hmm. hopefully turning things around a little bit. Let's move to the other side. We'll go with our K Jewelers Mound Gems. Every K begins with K. We'll start with Zach Plesak. Pitched six innings against the Dodgers in the win on Friday night. Gave up only five hits, one earned run. The Beebs is grooving like, well, the Beebs. Pitched 6.2 innings, gave up three runs to the Rockies in the win last Monday night. Went into the seventh again, only gave up two runs and had nine strikeouts against the Dodgers in the win on Sunday. Lastly, the bullpen. Classe, De Los Santos, Ghost, Henches, Morgan, and Trevor Steffen all made multiple appearances this week without giving up an earned run. So, Denko, who's getting your mound, Jim? I'm giving it to the bullpen this week. Those are all excellent suggestions, but the bullpen, the way the Guardians won their games, they were they were coming back or scoring late. And if those if the bullpen was even given up a run an inning or two every now and again, they wouldn't have been in those games. Yeah. I think Class A, he was four for four in save opportunities. All three games against Colorado, he got a save. And all three games he got a save by ending the game with a double play. I've never seen anything Weird. like that. Like that, just crazy, right? Yeah. The bullpen has been solid. I'm going to give them the mound gem. I, you know, Bieber had like 16 strikeouts and two starts. So it's good to see him getting the, the K for all K's yeah. start with K back up. The bullpen's where it's at right now, especially at the tail end of those games. I'm going to give mine to Biebs this week because it's great to see him do well and strike out a bunch of, a bunch of guys in a game against the Rockies or against the Orioles or against the Tigers or something completely different animal to go in there on the road in LA and strike out nine guys in that lineup. Like this is the type of team we have him to beat. Like this is the team that your ACE has to be able to beat and has to be able to give you a ton of innings and not give up many runs. He did it. And that was a huge win, man. I mean, I think that was a really big momentum building win for them to be able to go on this trip, take all those games from the Rockies and then take two of three from a team in first place. That was awesome. And, and Beaver was a big part of getting that done on Sunday. So Beaver gets my mound gem next week. Big three game series against the twins starts tomorrow in Minnesota. Then the guards are back home for three against the second to last place, but still five games over 500 Boston Red Sox. <laughs> the guards are starting the week one game out of first place in the central. Where are they when the week is done? I think we're one game out of first place when the week is done. And I think that's a very positive thing because what that means to me is we probably, I, I like the, the momentum they have going into Minnesota. Let's give the twins a message and take two out of three. So I, I think they're, they're going to do that. And then they go into Boston, maybe even it out, you, you know? So yeah, I, I think over those six games, if they go three and three, that's a that's a good thing because that means we got hopefully we got one or two wins against the Twins, and that's what's really important going into the next part of this season. I think I'm more optimistic. In fact, I'm 
100% certain I'm more optimistic <laughs> than you. I think they end the week. You, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they end the week a game up. I, I think the Twins. A game up have been playing really poorly lately. Yeah, They're just not winning games like they were at the beginning of the season. And I think they're maybe coming back down to earth a little bit. It's still a really good team. It's nothing that isn't a challenge there for the guards. But I don't think they're playing the type of baseball they were at the beginning of the season, at least not right now. I think they're a little bit vulnerable. So I think we can take two of three. And then Boston's coming back to our place, and the guards have played really well at home this year, and why not? Yeah, the twins then play the Rockies next mm. weekend. So again, like not a great team, but not a terrible one either, man. The, I could see the Rockies taking one game in Minnesota as well. So I think there's an opportunity to have a game to be a game up when this week is done, which is important because then we come back and we can jump ahead two weeks, but we play yeah. a five game series against the twins starting next yeah. Monday, <laughs> which you yeah. don't see a five whole games bunch. in like three days, right? Like it's, a, yeah, it's not that bad. That, I think that's crazy. Monday through Thursday and they play five games. So it's four, four days. You'd hate to say it at the end of the month of June, but this could go a long way yeah. in really deciding the second half of the season for this division, right? Like, like God forbid, well, not if the guardians do it, but if that five game series ends in a sweep one way or the other, like that's a disaster yeah. for the team that got swept, right? Chances are that's not going to happen. Like double headers, you know how that goes, but yeah, that, that's a weird schedule. A lot of games against your, your main rival right now in the division yeah. in a really, really short period of time, man. I, it would be wonderful if we were completely healthy going into uh, all of these games against the twins, but we'll see. So that's it for our guardians week cap but we're not done talking guards yet. Welcome to From the Land, How You Doing? Getting to know the new guards minority owner. David Blitzer, soon to be confirmed as a new minority owner for the Guardians. His real job is with Blackstone Group, where he serves as Senior Managing Director and Head of Tactical Opportunities. Not a posting available at Indeed.com. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> his, his other job is apparently owning sports teams. He owns a piece of a lot of different teams. But, Phil, pop quiz time. Which one of these is not one of David Blitzer's teams? First, the Philadelphia 76ers. Second, FC Augsburg of Bundesliga. Third, Scranton Rail Riders. Fourth, the Wasland Beveren of the Belgian Jupiler Pro League. Well, <laughs> I know he's part owner of the 76ers. I know he's got ownership in like the five major sports in our country. <laughs> I'm going to say the last one, either that or it's, it's the second to last one or last one. It's one of those two. I'll go with the last one. Okay. So you don't think he's the owner of the Wasland Beveren of the Belgian Jupiler Pro Jupiler. That just all Pro sounds League. made up to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Danko. The trick was not that <sighs> one of these teams was made up. The trick was that he owns all of them. And several nice. others as well. So David Blitzer loves owning minority stakes in professional sports teams. So everybody's got to have a hobby, I guess. His pays a lot better <laughs> than ours. Uh, so what do you yeah. think this means for the Guardians going forward? This is nothing but a positive thing. I mean, we we've been searching for that minority owner since the one dude jumped ship and went and became the majority owner of the Royals. Um, so it's it's you know extra income. This could be where they they look at. I don't know about th during this season, if this team continues to play like it does and you're signing guys like Ramirez for long-term, then maybe you go out and make that 
kind of a splash in the free agency market and get that extra position player, that extra bat in the lineup. And now you've got some financial backing to do it. I'd read too, that there's some, maybe this is just standard. I don't know. There's some part of this that allows him, he has the potential to become the majority owner, like in five years, five or, or six like years. That. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, because as you mentioned, he's a minority owner in like, 10 different professional leagues across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just standard operate. I don't know. Maybe that's how they do these deals just so there is potential for that. Uh, like the handing, like the handing of the, the torch, so to speak to the next guy that's already in house. I don't know right now. I think it's just, all right, we get a little bit of a, a influx of, of cash and maybe this team goes from spending uh, $60 million on the entire roster to, I don't know, $160 million. That would be nice. That'd be amazing. Right. Yeah, I think short term, although I don't know if it's going to have any impact this year, I tend to think it'll be next year. In the short term, I think it's great to have somebody who can maybe pump some more cash into the team because that's always been the challenge for the Dolans. Long term, I wonder if this is the beginning of the end of the Dolans as the owners of this team. Is that this guy is going to make his move to to take over the team and make the Dolans either minority owners or just buy them out completely? If he did, it would be a hell of an investment and return on investment for the Dolans, I am sure. I guess I might disagree with lots of Cleveland fans who think the Dolans are terrible owners. They're somewhat limited by the size of the Cleveland market, but they've built like a really well-respected front office and they've been competitive for like 10 or 12 years, you know, like not making the world series every year or anything like that, but overall they're putting a good product on the field. So nice to have somebody else involved. Hopefully it means some more money gets dedicated to the team and, and to building that roster and holding on to some of these guys that we always seem to have to let go of. But Phil, why don't we go ahead and take our first break? We'll come back, talk some basketball, some golf and talk your favorite USFL. <laughs> Welcome back, Denko. Let's head out on the road. NBA Finals, the end of our coverage of the NBA playoffs. Warriors did it again, won the title. Sweet. And that concludes our coverage of the NBA Finals. Thank God. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't, <laughs> Phil. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, damn it. Warriors win the title, winning it in six games against my prediction that the Celtics were going to win it. Lots of Steph Curry legacy sports talking right now on ESPN and Fox and everywhere else you can hear people talk about basketball. What do you think this does for his legacy as an NBA player? I think it puts him squarely in the upper echelon of championship guards, right? I mean, he's got four rings. He's played in, I mean, at least six, six finals, yep. six or seven, something like that, right? As we mentioned before, he carried them through a lot of games this year, too. So he might have a... Especially in the finals, man. Yeah, he was, that's what I mean. Like, on the huge. biggest stage, like, he carried that team. So you wonder, I'm not saying that he's just going to automatically get another ring. I mean, we all know how, I mean, that's so hard to do in any given year everything's got to fall in in terms of injuries and things like that but man the dude he's got more good basketball ahead of him for the way he plays the game right like he's just getting up shot after shot uh he's an amazing shooter probably one of the best shooters we've seen in our lifetime and so i'd put him up there with the best shooting guards except he has the championship so i'm not saying he's a top five player of all time in the nba i hate those rankings anyway because how do you compare right someone that plays the game like Steph Curry to someone that played the game like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, you know, it's like, all right, it's a completely different game, a uh, different style, different position. But as far as 
championship guards go, he's got to be top 10 for sure in the history of the, of the game. I think he already, in my mind, had a pretty secure spot in that type of realm because of the rings, because of like some of the iconic teams. I mean, I understand they lost to the Cavs, but that 2016 team won more games than any other NBA team in history. And he was the leader of that team. He was the best player on that team. Revolutionized the way the NBA plays. Like nobody ever was shooting threes like that guy at that volume uh, until he came around and showed to show you could you could win that way. So I think he was already pretty high. This is pretty huge. Uh, I, I think I look at him almost as a bridge figure between the LeBron era and whatever is going to come next. Cause I think LeBron is still yeah. the man for his era and Curry played a lot of years in that era, but I think you're right. I think he's still got a chance to keep winning going forward, especially with the way they've built that team where they've gotten younger a little bit and maybe young enough with good enough players that, you know, they can make another run over the next couple of years. It's a hell of a run for that Warriors team overall, but I think, I agree with you. Curry's one of the best shooting guards. He might be a top 15 player in the NBA if you want to figure out how to rank those yeah. over the entire course and history of the league. But definitely this current era of the NBA, he is right at the top of the list, no matter what the position is, no matter who the player is. We've been watching and talking about the playoffs for what seems like months because it has been. <laughs> yeah. When I sit back and look at what we've watched the last couple of months, my biggest takeaway into next season is there are no super teams. There are no teams without flaws. There is no clear cut team that you can say, Hey, these are the guys that are winning the NBA championship next season. And I don't think you can say it about the warriors. I don't know how that team looks a year from now. Cause some of those young guys are waiting on contracts that are up and you can't really rely on Draymond and and probably not on Clay the way you have, even the way they did in this last series when they beat the Celtics. I look at the Celtics as a team that came out of the East, still as a flawed team that, you know, didn't handle the ball well. They had like 20 turnovers in game six. Maybe those young guys are just not quite experienced enough to make the leap to the next level, or maybe they're never going to. And so again, Every team has flaws. Brooklyn has KD. That's great. There's a lot of other problems there. The 76ers are a team that's relying on James Harden maybe more than is possible, just like the Suns are a team relying on Chris Paul maybe more than is possible. There are no clear-cut winners heading into the next NBA season, which, by the way, is fantastic news for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is there something that you take away from all this basketball we've been talking for the last couple months? You know, some idea that's going to stick with you going into next season? You nailed it there, right? The idea that the super team like we felt like that was never going to go away, right? Like they're building shitty super teams now, like the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but that's the thing. Like it's not, it doesn't stop these franchises from trying and that's going to still happen in the NBA for sure. Right? Like they're going to try to get their big three and the teams that are going to overpay and, and all these kind of things. The great thing as a, as a fan, especially as a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers is it's not working now. It's, it's not working like it did where I'll go back to even the big three in, in Boston, you know, when LeBron was with the Cavs as a young player, 
like even then, like it was, it was guaranteed. Like they were coming out of the East. Yeah. How, who was beating that team in the East? Right. And then when LeBron went to Miami, same thing, yeah. who was beating that team in the East? And when he came back to Cleveland, you know, that, that yeah, right. it, it was, was him and it, Kyrie and love. Nobody else was coming out of the East besides right. them. It, it negated, it negated the regular season for what seemed like 15 years of, of NBA basketball, right? It was like, geez, like you just knew who was going to win that conference based on the roster. I'm happy to see it go the other way. Like, I think not only does this bode well for a young and very deep and talented Cavs team coming up in these next few years, this is better for the NBA. Yeah. You're going to see, and you brought it up a couple episodes ago, you're going to see a deeper conference, both the East and the West, where it's not like your top two teams and then a bunch of teams around 500 it's going to be you know if there's legitimately eight playoff spots you might have five of those teams that have a chance at coming out of that conference in any given season and if that's how the league continues to go that's that's great for basketball now we've mentioned this too there's a lot of and the nba is weird there's a lot of movement unexpected movement in the offseason Kyrie's already starting it in brooklyn where they're already talking about him joining up with lebron in la or or you know going somewhere else it's like all right I've seen this before. Wake me up when the season starts, who's on what team, and then we'll figure it out. And then once you get to that point, everything still has to fall into place. Ask the Warriors, because a year ago, they were hurt and terrible, right? I think what I've learned from this season is, in the past, a LeBron-less Cleveland Cavaliers team, in my mind, had no chance. And now I think just the opposite. I feel like the Cavs are building it the way they should, and a team like the Cavs or the Boston Celtics or the Philadelphia 76ers, if they get their shit straight, or whoever, the Heat too, yeah, right? Sure. Like deep teams, deep teams in the East. You've got all these rosters that are really deep and competitive. It's going to be a fun regular season. And then who hits their stride in the playoffs? That's what it comes down to. I think that's exciting as, I, I guess, a casual NBA fan. Like that, that seems like I'll, I'll tune in more for that than I would if all of a sudden, whatever team Steph Curry's on or LeBron or KD is just winning 75 games a season. It bodes well for the league as a whole, right as they're about to negotiate their new television deals. So good, yeah, right. good on you, <laughs> NBA. Way to do it. That, Phil, will close our coverage of the NBA for this season. We'll start probably like our 15 shades of wine and gold. <laughs> Isn't the draft like in a week and a half uh, or something? Uh, no, thank God. The know. draft is Wednesday. It's, it's tomorrow. No, like I said, <laughs> isn't the draft yeah. tomorrow? It's this Jeez, week. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not wasting any time. Enough NBA talk. Let's talk a little bit of the U.S. Open golf from this past weekend. A 14-year-old with braces won. Matt Fitzpatrick is the youngest-looking golf champion ever. <laughs> An up-and-down final round. He held on and came back from down a couple strokes at some points during the round. To beat a leaderboard that included Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, and Will Zalatoris. Uh, Zalatoris missed a makeable birdie putt on 18 to lose the tournament. Second time that's happened to him in a major this season. Third time in his career he has finished second in a major, setting himself up as the next Phil Mickelson on the PGA Tour. The other big story was the Live Tour players versus the PGA players. 14 live tour players entered the U.S. Open. 10 missed the cut. The highest finish was Dustin Johnson at 24th. Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, and Phil Mickelson were a combined 34 over par. Phil, scale of one to five. One being the perfect glass of bourbon, five being warm skunked Netty Light. How good did that have to taste for the PGA? <laughs> 
That's a one for <laughs> sure. Yeah, they had to love to see that. I mean, I, I was as you were going through that that description, I was thinking this is perfect, perfect for the PGA. The way these past few weekends, the PGA events, and this being a major, of course, but the PGA events were really fun to watch, right? Like they were, they were yeah. competitive and exciting. All the big names on the live tour, even in the live event finished like 10 over par and they come to the PGA or the, the U S open and, and are even worse. You know, those guys they're and I don't blame them. They're chasing the money. They're getting fat on all that cash. Now they don't care. <laughs> They've lost it. They've lost their edge from the PGA's perspective. They got to be loving this. Like, look at this. Our field is the best of the best and it's exciting over time. We'll continue to be the, the monster that we've always been. Yeah. And, and younger Fitzpatrick yeah. is another young guy who's won a major this year. Scotty Scheffler is only in this probably his third or fourth year on the tour, but he's still, I mean, golf terms, he's mm -hmm. still really young. Winning the Masters yeah. was obviously his breakthrough performance. And Fitzpatrick wins this one. The PGA Championship was Justin Thomas, who is now kind of middle-aged golf. He's not like an old guy yet, but he's kind of that middle part of his career. They are younger, and right now there's some interesting guys who are showing up on leaderboards a lot in PGA events. I don't know. Live Golf has a lot of things going for it. It has a lot of notoriety. It has an interesting new format. Uh, it has tons of money, but PGA Tour unzipped and drop it on the table this weekend, right? <laughs> and I think um, that's what they've probably been waiting to do as like the Live Tour got all this attention and, and these guys were jumping ship throughout this summer. Alluding to the big energy of the PGA Tour. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of big energy, Phil, USFL, the regular season is over. We did it. Final week yes. of the season wrapped up this past weekend. Stars lost to the Generals. Birkingham Stallions won again. Gamblers worked over the Breakers. And in the last classic rivalry game of the season, the Panthers mauled the Maulers. Phil, the playoffs are finally here. The first game is between the 6-4 and four Philadelphia Stars and the 9-1 New Jersey Generals. Give me your top 15 keys to an upset by the Stars. 1 through 14 <laughs> is the forward pass. And then the 15th key, the 15th key is win the turnover margin. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and that's my well team. Yeah, I know. That's why I figured yeah. you would know. Who do you think is winning the Stars versus the Generals game? Uh, probably the generals. I accidentally looked at this briefly. The generals and the Birkingham stallions are like both nine and one. I, I think that that's kind of lining up to be the championship, but who knows, man, you've now moved these games from the hot, unforgiving field of Birmingham, Alabama to what could be on any given day, a cool breezy field or an impossibly humid hot field in Canton, in Canton Ohio. <laughs> and, and we won't know until kickoff as to exactly what the climate will be. Well, I don't think Canton, Canton's tourism office is going to be uh, advertising on the show at all anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but I'll go with the upset. I say the Stars take down the Generals. First playoff game in the USFL. Second game, six and four breakers. Miller's favorite team versus the 9 and 1 Birkingham Stallions, Burke's favorite team. Who do you like better, Burke or Miller? <laughs> oh man, that's almost impossible to answer without really offending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with I like 
better just so that we both don't side against him. That wouldn't be nice. Yeah, no, I, I, lo- we're just brothers. kidding. I, we, I we love, love them, them both yeah. equally. We do yeah. not have any favorite buddies, just like we don't have any favorite kids, which is one of the biggest lies out That's there. Right. Anyway, who's winning <laughs> the Breakers versus the Stallions game? You know what? I feel an upset here. I think the the Stallions lost their first game a week ago, and they've kind of been coasting through this season. I think so. I think the Breakers come into Canton and uh, show them what New Orleans football is all about. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Birkingham. They've been the best team in the USFL all season yeah, they long. Really have. Pretty tough to beat. Looking pretty unstoppable. So we get to wrap up our coverage of the NBA. But we've still got two weeks of covering the USFL to go, Phil. But with that, we're going to take our final break, come back, and talk summer TV. Welcome back, Denko, to our final segment. We'll head off the field, and we'll start with From the Land, sitting on the couch all day, our look at summer TV. And why not start with the most fun way to watch TV, New summer game shows for 2022. So, Danko, tell me which of these game shows you'd most like to be a participant in. First one, the final straw. Four teams basically playing a large-scale game of Jenga by removing objects from large-themed towers. Next one, the wheel. Trivia show where contestants try to answer questions correctly with the help of celebrities sitting in a giant wheel. Next one, the big D. A new TBS dating show. Ten divorced couples moving into a tropical villa in Costa Rica to relearn how to date and search for love amongst a group of other single divorcees, including their exes. And last one, Pictionary. It's it's Pictionary on TV (laughs) with Jerry O'Connell hosting and teams of one celebrity and two regular people competing for cash prizes jerry o'connell is hosting pictionary what has happened to that guy's yeah, career after uh, kush <laughs> yeah, yeah. well fat kid in standby and me, then, and then you he know he got kush. in shape yeah. and now he's hosting pictionary yeah right man of those like ah i bet you think i'd be leaning towards the big d for so many no, reasons but, I did but... Think it was hilarious <laughs> that, that that it was set up like that I can I like trivia. I've always liked trivia. What did you say? There's a celebrity sitting in a wheel. Celebrity sitting in a about? giant wheel. I, I don't. I there wasn't a picture, so I don't really know what that really means. I can't imagine they're like sitting in a giant tire. They must be like in a circle around yeah, the contestant like, or something. I don't know. I guess if I had to participate in one, I would lean towards the trivia because I feel like I have a a, a chance in hell to answer those questions. The Jenga thing, uh, you know, it's just no way. <laughs> That's a, the the. Unless they invent a game show where the physical challenge part of it is bottle on stick, I think I'm screwed. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I'll go with the trivia. The whole big D thing kind of, I, I felt a little, uh, I felt a little anxious just listening to your description. Like, oh my God, this sounds so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> well, good news is, is right after I selected the big D, I read further down the page I was on and found that it was canceled already. So you're not going to have to worry about oh, that. Oh, good. One. That one's, that one's Thank off God. the air. Yeah. I'm going with the final straw. I'm going with the Jenga. I don't trust celebrities helping me answer questions. I don't think any of them are going to be that great at trivia. I am horrible at drawing things. I'm the worst guy to have on a Pictionary team, yeah. so I don't want to be a part of that one. What if you can pick your celebrity, though? Like, if I could pick, like, Jeff Goldblum, 
Like, how awesome would that well, be? Well, if I was going to pick a celebrity, <laughs> and Jeff I, I think it'd be like Bill Nye the Science Guy or something. I'd pick somebody super smart. Oh, that guy thinks he's smart. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is a world traveler. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> You're talking about Jerry O'Connell hosting Pictionary. Jeff Goldblum is in Apartments.com commercials. That's all he's done in like five years. And we have gotten... He just wants the got... Chantix spot. <laughs> we've gotten way up. See, Chantix might someday endorse the show. We've mentioned them twice free. All right, we're going to move off of game shows. Let's talk about shows that are coming back this summer. So we've got uh, Stranger Things Season 4 is already out on Netflix. Westworld Season 4 comes out later this month on HBO. And based on the trailer, it's possible that Robot Flies are the bad guys this season that's terrifying peaky blinders season six came out a couple weeks ago or seinfeld reruns on netflix that have been on for a couple of years now all four of those things i'm happy to watch and will watch in their entirety um the, new, the three new ones that you mentioned i'm i'm gonna watch all three of them i am slowly plotting through stranger things because i keep falling asleep because every episode's an hour and 20 minutes long <laughs> and i think the second half of this final s season or whatever the, each episode's like two hours long I, I don't know what they're doing but it's great i mean it's really good it's just hard to get through the whole episode um without falling asleep on the couch peaky blinders i'm excited for i've purposely waited on that one because i i really like that series but there's all this other new tv out right now so i'll watch peaky blinders at some lull in the summer tv schedule i guess uh and then westworld is one of those things we've mentioned this before i really really liked westworld for its first couple seasons it was really good television and now i'm hate watching it i think <laughs> like i think that's what it's come to like it's it's just like all right this is not even the same show that it was but i'm going to keep watching it watching it because i started it right like i'm invested now so i am hate watching that show so if i had to pick one of those four and think like all right what what will I just know I'm going to enjoy no matter what, assuming I can stay awake for every episode is probably Stranger Things because it's just it's just fun. It, it brings me back to like the 80s horror genre. It I grew up on that stuff. They do a good job with it. I laugh at some of the 80s stuff they put in there, be it the roller rink type yeah, stuff, you yeah. know, the music, like all that stuff for someone in his mid 40s is it hits me right where you feel good to watch a show, even though you're being terrified by something. Yeah, you know? yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm all about stranger things this summer. I think it'll be fun. I think I feel a little bit about Peaky Blinders the way you do about Westworld. Like I feel like I'm not mm -hmm. hate watching it. I don't hate it. I still like it. I've watched, I think three episodes of the new season so far yeah, and it's yeah. fine. It's Peaky Blinders, overly dramatic shots of people walking around smoky alleys in industrial areas and you know, whatever town they happen to be in. But mostly I'm watching it because I've watched five seasons of it and I'm invested and I just want to see what right. happens. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I hate it. Uh, Westworld has gotten really weird. I'm still a little bit entertained. So I'm with stranger things too. So far I've watched a couple episodes. They are really long and I give them credit for that. You know, most shows usually go the other way. All of a sudden, the episodes are only 40 yeah. minutes long or something like that. These guys are really putting a lot of time and a lot of storytelling into this season. So I'm going with Stranger Things as well. Although I'm with you, I will watch all of those things at some point this summer. So that returning shows, Denko. How about new shows? Which of these do you think you're most likely to watch? First one is That's My Time with David Letterman. Stand-up comedians do a short set and then sit down and they talk with Dave for a while. That's on Netflix. That's actually already on. That premiered on June 7th. Uh, the Bear, the guy who played Lip in Shameless, stars in the show and plays a successful young chef who leaves L.A. for his hometown of Chicago to help out his family's sandwich shop. 
That's Hulu uh, starting on June 23rd. House of the Dragon, prequel to Game of Thrones, starts on HBO on August 21st. Welcome to Wrexham is a docuseries starring Ryan Reynolds and one of the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Apparently, these guys in real life purchased a Welsh soccer club, and now they're doing a docuseries about it on FX starting on August 24th. It might just be like real life. Um, Ted Lasso? Yeah. Thank you for filling yeah, that one in for exactly. me. Yeah. So sure. <laughs> of those, Denko, which do you think you're the most likely to watch? That is an excellent list, man. Like that all, I'm excited for all four of those things. Like I've, I've seen previews for all four. I will watch all four of them. Um, which one am I most excited to watch? Huh? That's hard to answer. I, I love David Letterman followed his career. He's so good at interviewing people. And I like that he's focused on the stand-up part. It's yeah. almost like they took the beginning of the, of the, of Carson, right? Where, all right, you're going to do stand up, And if I call you over yeah. and I ask you some questions, you're going to make it kid kind of thing. And that's kind of where Letterman got his start. So that's kind of cool. I do like David Letterman. The bear sounds interesting. I did see previews for that. I think that'll be a good show. Uh, and the whole real life Ted Lasso, like I'll watch that. Cause I think Ryan Reynolds and the, the dude from it's always sunny. Like those guys yeah. are funny no yeah. matter what, like I'll watch that show. But if I had to pick one of the four that I'm most excited to watch, and maybe it's for all the wrong reasons, I don't know, it's going to be House of the Dragon because I feel like there's something there that Game of Thrones was so good. I've rewatched it. I've rewatched it. And I know people hate the last season, and but you rewatch those first few seasons like, wow, this yeah. show is it's oh, really well done. It's really good. And then you start to think about how old it is. The first few seasons were a long time ago, and it's really just well done. So I'm interested to see what in this age of streaming television with the backing of HBO and and what they what they signed on to do with all these offshoots of of that world. Um, and this is what the the Targaryen family, I think, like, yes. that's interesting to me. Like, I think let me dive into that. Something that has nothing to do with real life. And hopefully they do as good a job as telling a story as they did in those those first uh, handful of seasons for game of Thrones. So I'm pretty excited to see that. And I, I hope it's good. I, I hope it's really good. And I hope there's more of it. Cause I, I like that side of, uh, of television as well. Hard not to be excited about a prequel to game of Thrones. If they do it well, they can spin these things mm -hmm. off forever. There, there's no reason yeah. game of Thrones can't be, be star like Wars. Marvel. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. The one that I'm most likely to watch, although I'll, like you, I'll probably watch all these is the Letterman show just cause I love that guy so much. Yeah. Um, and look, yeah. getting to see him work with standups and stuff like that is probably going to be pretty funny stuff and, and, and pretty entertaining stuff. So I'm going with Letterman just cause I don't think that guy can do anything wrong. Those are some of the positives, Phil. Let's talk reality TV uh -oh. for the summer of 2022. Which of these sounds the worst? Chrissy's court. Chrissy Teigen and her mother are the judge and bailiff in this courtroom show on the Roku channel. <laughs> this premiered over the weekend. Next one. I love a mama's boy. Follow different women as they compete for the affection of their significant other with their significant mothers. That's on TLC. That actually comes out today, Danko, if you want to watch it when we're done. Next one. Chrisley Knows Best follows the life of outspoken patriarch Todd Chrisley and his amusing family. This is really only funny because this guy just got convicted of tax fraud like last week. So maybe right? he does not know best. <laughs> yeah, right. And maybe we need a different name for that one. Last one. <laughs> Frogging, and that's spelled P-H-R-O-G-G-I-N-G, explores the phenomenon of frogging, people secretly living inside somebody else's house 
and it's true oh, stories of their experience. This. That premieres on the Lifetime Network uh, in a couple of days. So, Denko, which of these reality shows sounds the worst? God, the wor- this is all just a big pile of shit. The the um the worst of those, huh? It's either the the Tegan courtroom or the mama's boy thing like those sound just awful like i can't can't even keep my interest unless i'm going to mama's boy for food like there's no way that's keeping my interest (laughs) at all um those sound terrible like i won't even i won't even tune into those the the chrisley knows best is just that yeah like you said that's a that's a joke i don't even know much about that guy but they've had reality shows in the past no i don't even know why he has a show what what has he done that got him a rich southern family that kind of came off the the coattails of like the uh what was the um family from louisiana that were um the the big bearded uh duck the duck dynasty so duck dynasty started that kind of and then the i think the chrisleys were like similar in money but the antithesis in terms of how they live their lives like it was super super rich right. super clean now, that yeah I that kind of thing yeah anyway that's all i know about it and i've never watched a minute of it i just see that he's in the news because he continues to break the law <laughs> like all right like on a federal level like great <laughs> that's that's awesome um so uh yeah that's terrible the frogging thing though so you wanted me to say the worst so i'm gonna say it's the tegan court thing the frogging thing actually is interesting because i've heard about this and this is terrifying like this is people Yes, there could be someone living in the upstairs of my house right now listening to us record this podcast and I won't know yeah. it for years when they're on, and then all of a sudden they're on one of these episodes <laughs> like holy shit. I don't I, that that's the type of shit that like the Manson yeah, family was yeah. doing. Like they would go into people's houses and crawl around at night and at least they would leave, but the whole point was like go in the house and like move around without being caught and then leave. Terrifying. I'm not interested in anything that is like connected in any way to things that the Manson family did, man. That's, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Those are terrible options. All awful, but I'm going to say the, the worst of the worst is the, uh, the Tegan's people court or whatever it's called. I don't know. And I agree with you a hundred percent. There's no explanation of which one is the judge and which one is the bailiff. And I've got to assume that Chrissy Teigen is a judge because she's the more famous one, but then like her mom is going to be a bailiff. How is that going to protect people? in a courtroom at all like give me a break just the fact that i've made my professional life's work the law and chrissy Teigen is now going to be deciding on you know guilt or innocence or you know awarding money to people or something like that just offensive to me as somebody who you know would like a gig on tv (laughs) being a judge and can't get one despite my plethora of credentials compared to chrissy Teigen's. that's really bad but i'm sorry i'm going with frogger or I'm sorry, frogging hider in my house because that would terrify yeah. me. I have no interest in watching that at all. I do not want to even think about somebody crawling around my house right now uh, who is not me, my wife, or my dogs. So, Denko, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning the Jersey Shore family vacation is back for another season. With that reminder that few things other than bourbon age well after 20 years, I hope you have a great week, and let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. I didn't even know there was a first season of whatever the hell you just mentioned. (laughs) Jersey Shore. For such a week that...
and go with our K Jewelers K Gem. Like, I I typed this into a, a into an outline wrong like three weeks ago, and I just keep forgetting to change it every week. <laughs> a dumbass. All right. <laughs> Next week, big game. <clears throat> Jeez, off to a good start. Now I'm just losing it. <laughs> Kyrie's already starting it in Baltimore or Baltimore. Where does he play? Brooklyn. That's a B. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but enough. Can we just get Burke on a podcast by himself to cover the <laughs> NBA draft? <laughs> Come into Canton and uh, show him what New Orleans football is all about. <laughs> yeah. Hurricanes and football. That's, I meant the drink. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Um, because i mean even if they had lost that game like all right we took one we took one out of la like that was a good trip a good week well to take two yeah take two after sweeping colorado and you're like all right so i i didn't even think about this because they're still on the road trip technically because now they're they're, yeah they start in minneapolis so they're still on the road we're gonna get to it yeah. Um, so I'm driving around <laughs> today and someone mentioned, like, if you remember, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't remember. I have no idea, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it just, I did not expect that. That was such a good yeah. West coast swing, so to speak. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's, um, yeah, let's talk let's about have the same and, conversation and make it legit <laughs> in like, like five minutes from now. Well, actually right. probably more like two minutes from now. Oh, Chuck is, Oh yeah. What's this? What you would think this is pretty gross, but it's actually really like good. that. He's got two natty light cans there. <laughs> this is bourbon with banana flavor. Howler head should tell him if he's drinking and by himself, just log on. <laughs> I like the, the natty. Yeah. The natty, the natty chasers. All right. Silence. my Natty yeah. chasers, Jesus. <clears throat> my guardian's notes I had to type into my phone today while Dylan was falling asleep because that's the kind of day I had. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. All right. <clears throat> Let's get cracking. Mm-hmm. Well, Jersey sore, but was it family vacation? Is that like an offshoot of it? I have no idea. It's yeah. the same people. I don't Awful. know if like maybe they got to bring their families with them. I don't know, man. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's yeah. it's not going to be good. New. No. Had one other question. We kind of like I said, I wanted to kind of keep it short this week. Um, so when we got close to like fifteen minutes, I was cutting us off. But my final question was: the boys, mm. is it the best awful television show ever? I, I, I might be like, I, have you been trudging through that at all? The new yeah, season? I think I'm like, like two or three episodes into it. I, I just finished the first two episodes. It took me a while. I kept falling. I, I don't know how I fall asleep during that show. People's heads are exploding and I fall asleep. Yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah. But I'm yeah. just so tired. <laughs> you know, it's awful sometimes for just the sake of being awful, right? Like it is just awful for being awful, but yeah. What was it? The first episode where you're 10 minutes in where the, where the dude shrinks, shrinks down and enters yeah. the guy's urethra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew this season this. was yeah. off to a good start when that dude exploded. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, 
Oh, but there's been a lot of explosion, exploding people in this, in this season already. I'm only yeah. like two and a half yeah. episodes in. It's just, um, it's all of that. It's all of this. Hey, we're going to do this like over the top, crazy like gore, graphic gore, yeah. violence, but it's, it's also a, it's just absolutely wickedly written mm. satire mm. of celebrity and politics and culture and there will come an episode you'll get there it's either the, it's a couple episodes away but you know there's there's kind of the storyline of a train is like no longer fast right 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 and so he tries to like reboot by like connecting to the african his, like, people yeah exactly yeah and they and they do a commercial that it is just so it's just so perfectly absurd and like like distasteful but they do it just like it's normal um it's just so great the way they do that man so, and like um homelander homelander is, like just is good is maniacal gonna have a great right? season yeah yeah like absolutely yeah. maniacal yeah. Like he is yeah like i'm like i said i might be halfway through episode three and even in episode two i was like geez like homelander he's just yeah have they had mess. his birthday party yet yeah 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 so yeah, so okay. that whole like pretty close to so i think they were so just preparing the for, have you seen the a-train commercial i don't think i've seen the a-train so i oh, it's so i then. saw the episode where they were doing like rehearsal for homelander's birthday party yep then i see them actually go into the birthday party where he's supposed to stop that chick from committing suicide yeah <laughs> so yeah bad. So bad. <laughs> and and that's when they Ah, uh, just awful. So that might be like I might be like halfway. Well, through so you haven't three. actually seen the birthday party yet? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. So oh, get ready. So it's gonna uh, be good. But it's yeah, good. man, it's it's been so messed up. Like in one, I think it was episode two. In one episode, I'm watching this. I'm like, Homelander just ripped apart both sides of our government in like 20 minutes. Like there was satire yeah. on both sides of the yes. aisle. Yep. In in within 20 minutes of an episode. Completely changing subjects on you. For Father's Day, Tammy got me um three sessions of cryo treatment. Have you do you know Ooh, anything nice. about this? Is I this do. good? I do. It is. Um there's a lot of science behind it now where like, okay, this is, this can really be beneficial. Um, it's so there's all, there's a whole wide spectrum of cryotherapy, right? Like, so if you're walking into this chamber and it is ridiculous, like you might only spend yeah. minutes in it. Yeah. Like it depends on what, yeah. The highest level of professional ath athletics, they've been using this where they get these chambers and it's all about like super intense cold for short periods of time, because I think the science from what I've read, the science behind it is it's the, it's what your body does after the fact that becomes therapeutic, right? Because it's, it's this intense cold. So your body, when you come out of that chamber, the body is going to increase blood flow to areas, increase nu nutrient flow to areas and, and decrease inflammation and feel better. I'm intrigued by it. Like I I've been asked, I kind of dove into the the research and it's, there's not a ton of it, but it's there. Um, but you know, research or not, you've got like top tier high end right. athletes swear yeah. by it, right. Be it cool. LeBron James or all these guys. And, and so, yeah, so now what they've done is they've developed these studios or so to, yeah, I'm sure that's what you're going to, right? Like they've got these places where 
they've got these cryo chambers and anyone like you and I can pay yeah. a fee and yeah. go have this treatment. Yeah, I, I think it's beneficial. Uh, what you might want to do before you go, just do like a cursory, like just dive into some of the literature on it and see what they recommend. Like use your three sessions to your yeah. advantage, right? Like, do they say, is there a cumulative effect? Should you do these three things like within 10 oh, days? Oh, okay, yeah. Or, yeah, that's or do you really wait for, hey man, I had a lot of, I put a lot of miles on, I ran a lot in this two week period, I'm going to go do a yeah. session. You, you know, is it better that way too? So I would, and I don't, I don't know what the real answer there is. Cause I'm, so I don't know. So I, I, and I could, I could look into it a little bit for you too. Like, I think, yeah, if you it could certainly is beneficial me reading anything that would be, yeah, fantastic. I'll just, yeah, <laughs> I'll just, really great. you know what? I'll just take tomorrow That's off. <laughs> I'll take tomorrow off. I'll just do some research and I'll send you the results. <laughs> Don't go into this like Antonio Brown. This is why he missed all his right. games that year. He walked into that <clears throat> chamber without the footwear on and he had frostbite on the bottom of yeah. his feet. No, 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 so no. I'm going to follow that. all the rules. <laughs> I'm not Antonio yeah, Brown. Yeah, if they suggest wearing something that looks weird on your feet, just put it on. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> no one's going to see yeah, me in there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are not Antonio Brown. You're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?